What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Great appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. If you haven't listened to the episode I posted yesterday with myself and my co-host, Zach Hamill, an NBA and NCAA tournament podcast, please give that a listen. If you do not follow me on Instagram, at English Encore Podcast, please give me a follow there as well. Today, I'll be diving deep into the Bills' busy offseason so far as the legal tampering period officially opened today. I'll be going into tight end targets and fringy. I did a preview on Carl Lawson last week for the Bills as a free agent target. I'll kind of touch upon him quickly, but I want to give a deeper dive than I did even with him. I'm going to give you a couple players I really want to focus in on, as well as just some other names to keep an eye on in free agency. We'll talk about Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres as they are on a 10-game losing streak currently. And then we will close the show today talking about the NCAA tournament as both St. Bonaventure and Alabama have punched their ticket into March Madness. We'll also talk about UB briefly as they will be playing in the NIT tournament. And I'll touch on Kenesha's Niagara as well. But starting off with the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean has been making moves in Buffalo. He re-signed the three key free agents for the Bills already this offseason. He re-signed Matt Lime, excuse me, linebacker Matt Milano to a four-year, $44 million deal, $24 million guaranteed. Darrell Williams, offensive tackle, three-year, $28.2 million with $9.4 guaranteed. And then yesterday, signing John Feliciano, offensive guard, who also has the capability of playing center, to a three-year deal worth up to $17 million. His cap hit will be around 4 to $5 million here, so very cheap there. Mitch Morse, Vernon Butler, and Mario Edison all restructured their deals to save the Bills some money. I already touched upon it a few weeks ago. Micah Hyatt signing a two-year extension, and John Brown and Quentin Jefferson were both cut. As of today, the Bills have approximately $5.1 million in cap space after some more restructures and extensions. Um, it's projected the Bills will probably be anywhere from 6 to $12 million in cap space. Um, that's according to Sport Track online. So really good job by Brandon Bean to bring back three key pieces for the Bills as they are trying to improve on their AFC Championship run last year and really make a run and win the Super Bowl. I touched upon Carl Lawson last week as a free agent target I really like. I think the Bills will go out and add another defensive end in free agency. I just don't think now it's going to be Carl Lawson just based on the amount of money they've already spent. However, I think tight end is a very intriguing position. Um, John New Smith was kind of a very popular name thrown out there for Bills fans. However, literally right before I started recording this, John New Smith signed a four-year, $50 million deal with the New England Patriots to play there. So he is off the market. Hunter Henry is going to be well out of the Bills price range. But I want to talk about a specific player that was on the Rams the last four years who I think would be an ideal fit for the Bills at tight end this year. I'm talking about Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett's only 26 years old. He has been completely underutilized in his tenure with the Rams, mainly because of playing behind uh, Higby there. They've kind of been splitting the role. You know, he's never really been that tight end one. No one's really given him that opportunity. He has a 66.1 catch percentage last year, which is 12 percentage 
points higher than Dawson Knox, who's only at a 54% catch um, percentage. He averaged 10.9 yards per reception over the course of his career, including almost 14 last year. He's also six foot three, 240 pounds. The guy is just an absolute wrecking ball. And I think the Bills could get him for a cheap value. Like I said, he's never been a tight end one. He's never posted over, you know, 500 yards in his career as a tight end. I think if the Bills can get him on, you know, a three, four million dollar deal, I'm all in. You need to upgrade the tight end position. I know I've talked about Brevin Jordan and some other guys in the draft. They could still go that route. I think once Brandon Bean makes his next actual free agency moon for from a guy that's not just going to be re-signing, I think you'll get a better direction of what the Bills want to do in the draft and how they're going to approach the rest of free agency. But I think Gerald Everett's a really good fit here. Big, athletic, can be a real threat in the red zone. You know, free up some more space for Gabe Davis. Really put him in to that wide receiver two role and take a little bit more pressure off him and opening up the middle um, a little bit more. Uh, another name to keep an eye on, I believe, is Zach Ertz. He's 30 years old, coming off a really down year, just terrible situation in Philadelphia. Uh, career low, 11 games, only 335 yards, one touchdown. The previous five years before that, he never had below 800 yards. He had an 1,100-yard season in 2018, including eight touchdowns in both 2017 and 2018, multiple-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he might be a player that's looking to really just, as his career is winding down, win a title. So if the Bills can get him for a 4 or $5 million contract, I think that'd be a great fit even over a guy like Everett. I think Ertz has some real upside. He'll be fully healthy this year. The big thing with Ertz is we don't know if the Eagles are going to trade him or if they're going to cut him. I think the Bills would be more of a buyer's market if they cut him. Trading for him will be a little bit tough because of his current cap hit. And I just don't think the Bills want to invest that much money. That's why I kind of have Gerald Everett as my favorite. A third guy to kind of just keep an eye on if the Bills really want to just add another tight end into the room, almost like when they did with Tyler Croft. I think Dan Arnold, the or tight end, excuse me, for the Arizona Cardinals, is an interesting name. Coming off a career year, he killed the Bills when we played him. Uh, 438 yards, four touchdowns, big body, averaged 14.1 yards per reception. He's kind of an intriguing name. Some other guys that kind of fly to the radar. Robert Tanyan, the tight end for the Green Bay Packers, is a restricted free agent. It's going to be really tough for the Bills to land a tight end like that. I think Jacob Hollister is a super interesting name. He's had some injury issues, but he did play with Josh Allen at Wyoming. They already added Tanner Gentry this past year during the playoff run. Hollister could be an interesting name. And another guy that is a hometown guy that the Bills originally had signed when Rex Ryan was here is Chris Manhurts. He was a tight end that was originally in the Bills camp. Signed with the New Orleans Saints, eventually, be, you know, be, made the 53-man roster there, and spent the past few years with the Carolina Panthers. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. It'd be cool for him to come full circle. He went to Canisius College, never played football before as a basketball player. If Lee Smith does re- decide to retire, or the Bills cut him, which I think one of those things things will happen, they're gonna need another blocking tight end. Chris Manhurts will be a very cheap, no more than one and a half million dollars player. Um, and I think it'd be an itching option. But Gerald Everett is a fit that I absolutely love for the Buffalo Bills. And I think, you know, with John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, all these guys be getting this huge money, I think a guy like Gerald Everett's going to kind of fly under the radar if Brandon Bean can swoop in and get a player like that, um, especially when he's played in an electric offense with the Rams already. I think he would fit into Brian Dable's offense nice, and I think Dable would find really unique ways um, to use him as a big body tight end it could even line him out wide at times 
Transitioning to the latter of the Buffalo Sporting franchises and the Buffalo Sabres. They've lost 10 straight. Dylan Cousins got hurt on a really bad hit. And we just stink. The Sabres are terrible. Uh, I really don't want to get into more ranting with them. It's honestly just not even worth my breath anymore. We, myself and the guys from the 42 North 78 West uh, Sports Show podcast recorded an episode on Friday night. We're still... you know, producing that, putting that together. It was a good, long Zoom call. Uh, so that'll be out probably this week at some point. We'll take a really deep dive into the Sabres. From that perspective, Elliot Friedman reported that both Boost Boudreaux and Nate Lehman are the favorites if the Sabres ever do decide to fire Ralph Kruger, which I don't understand still why they haven't done so already. Boost Boudreaux said he would love to coach Sabres. He's a coach that's never been below 500. Over the course of 13 NHL seasons coached, he made the playoffs 10 times and went to a Western Conference Finals appearance once. He has been bounced out normally in the first or second round. I think some people are concerned that he wouldn't really be able to put Buffalo over the top, but at the same time, Sabres have the longest playoff drought in the NHL, and I don't think we could be complaining if a coach can at least get us to the playoffs consistently. I think he's a really intriguing name with a good offensive style um, that would really benefit the Sabres you know, lineup that we have now. I also think it'd be good to get one of these guys in here just for the sole reason of you can have the players learn the system for next year. And if you bring in an offensive system, I think you'll be able to see the full potential of a Jeff Skinner, a Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl, those type of guys before the deadline even increase their trade value. Um, potentially Nate Lehman's another interesting name. He's the current head coach for Providence. One of the more recognized college coaches that has a chance to be an NHL coach in the near future. He actually interviewed for the job prior to Ralph Kruger being um, hired. So he's an interesting name. He's currently has his team um, getting ready to potentially go to a frozen four. So depending if they lose their games this weekend, he could be a potential fit um, sooner rather than later. But that's coming from Elliot Friedman. And then the biggest story of the past week for the Buffalo Sabres has to be Jack Eichel. Eichel is more than likely out for the season. Anyone that thinks he's not, I think is crazy. They said it's a minimum six to eight week injury for his neck. Um, that he had to go see a specialist to get looked at. He got that roughed up against the New York Islanders. Eight weeks would put the Sabres about one or two games left in the season. So he's essentially done for the season. There was also a report from John World that before the season started, when Eichel was missing um, some time beginning of training camp before the blue and gold scrimmages, that he apparently had cracked multiple ribs Um during a drill during training camp um i guess he took a shot to the ribs with a puck or stick or something like that um so apparently he'd been playing throughout the year with that injury not to mention the ankle injury that he suffered against new jersey devils which Ralph kruger lied about um i think the big question surrounding jack Eichel right now and i know a lot of sabers fans don't want to talk about it but could this have been jack eichel's last game as buffalo saber you know a few games ago when he got hurt, I don't think fans really thought about it that way. And I think now more and more that the media is talking about it, it's honestly becoming a reality. Uh, Freeman, Darren Dreger, whoever you talk to or listen to on Sportsnet or, you know, just NHL radio or the NHL circuit in general, they truly believe Jack Eichel could have played his last game in Buffalo. They don't think he's going to be traded at the deadline this year at all, but they do think it's something that could be or a move could happen in the offseason the rangers uh the kings the bruins have all been teams that have been thrown around um surrounding eichel and it's just really sad 
since day one since Jacks got here, the Pagulas and the rest of the organization have not done good enough to put the correct pieces around him to build a winning team. They haven't gotten the right coaches in. They've had the same mediocre players on the team year after year. Um, part of it's, you know, Jack has to look at himself a little bit. Um, he said but he had a really bad year this year. I know he's obviously dealing with some injuries that we didn't really know about. Um, but I think his leadership's been brought into question multiple times. We're not in the locker room. None of us are as fans. So we can't really judge that. But um, it's just a really sad situation. We're talking about a guy that's a franchise-altering player that you wasted five, six years of you know his prime. And right now, he's frustrated. And he doesn't want to play here anymore. I don't think it has anything to do with you know, the city of Buffalo per se. Um, but it's very clear that he doesn't want to waste the rest of his career, um, you know, playing for a team that's not in the playoffs. He wants to go have a chance to win a Stanley Cup, just like he saw Ryan O'Reilly do. And I think sooner rather than later, you know, Eichel's going to be gone. I think things are going to get a lot worse before they get better, as Matt Bovee said when he was on the pod a few weeks ago. And now it's just really up to the Sabres to either fix it so he wants to stay or figure out a trade package that you can actually come away with something good. Um, the Sabres got hosed in the Ryan O'Reilly deal, and you have to make sure, for, especially for a player that's even better than O'Reilly and Jack Eichel, that you get the proper value back. And I don't even know if that's going to be physically possible just because of how bad the Sabres are. Teams know they're desperate, and Eichel, you know, even though he's never publicly said it, I think he does want out. I wouldn't want to be here either. And it's just a very tough situation. The Sabres are pretty much bound to finish in last place this year. It's really sad. You know, you look at the games last night um, around the NHL. The Ottawa Senators have beaten the Toronto Maple Leafs three times this year already. And the Sabres have, you know, six wins on the season. Like, it's just absolutely awful all the way around. Kevin Adams, I don't believe a single word he said in his press conference. Every day, Ralph Kruger is the head coach. Um, you're not trying to win. I think it's ridiculous that he's still coaching. I don't care what anyone says, even if you don't think you have the right coach. If this guy's not the answer, at least just put in an interim, and it can't be any worse, honestly. Um, so that's pretty much it on the Sabres. We'll touch more on them next week. I really, like I said, don't want to get too amped about them. We'll, when I the 42 North episode is done, we will get that posted for everyone on my Instagram page. And then to close off the show today, big news for Big Four Hoops and a former UB coach. So St. Bonaventure wins the Atlantic 10. They get a number nine seed and will be facing LSU in the first round of the NCAA tournament. A very tough draw for the Bonnies, a game that they definitely can win. LSU gave Alabama a run for their money in the SEC title game. Speaking of Alabama, they're the number two seed in the tournament. And Nate Oates wins them an SEC title. Took some heat after the game. You know, there's a lot of shoving before the game between the players. Uh, had some explicit words for LSU's players and coaches after they won. But that's kind of just who Nate Oates has always been. It's good for, to see him going from Buffalo and turning an SEC team into a major, you know, top 25, you know, bona fide great team. And then you have UB, who unfortunately lost in their MAC title game. Uh, so they will be a number four seed facing Colorado State in the first round of the NIT, which will also be happening here soon. Kenesha Niagara both lost in the MAC tournament. Kenesha just went out in the first round. Niagara actually did win a few games um, before they lost to Iona. So 
uh, Rick Pitino back in the tournament. He actually gets to draw against Nate Oates in Alabama. If for some reason, say Bonaventure and Alabama continue to win, they could actually meet, um, I believe, in the Elite Eight. So that'd be a really cool story. But uh, Marshman deserves, an, you know, all the credit in the world to him for what he's done with St. Bonaventure. Uh, Nate Oates doing a great job going from mid-major in Buffalo, um, getting them all the way to top, you know, 10 in the country, even as high as number six, and now being a number two seed and having a really good chance um, just based on how their bracket went to at least make an Elite Eight Final Four run. Um, so that'd be really cool to see. UB, you know, definitely a bittersweet ending. Really thought they had a good chance of winning uh, in the title game. They just didn't come out and play very well. But really good for them to get in the NIT. Kanish Niagara still have a long way to go. Um, I think Niagara played a lot better than people thought this year. Uh, their coach is awesome. Kanish, I don't even know what to say about them anymore. I think they need to move on from Reggie Witherspoon, but that remains to be seen. But, you know, that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. A little bit of a shorter one just because we had an episode posted yesterday. Um, and we'll have a lot more content coming up with free agency kind of starting up with the tampering. Uh, we'll see what happens with Dylan Cousins and his injury. Um, what the Sabres decide to do with Ralph Kruger if they ever make that change. And then we'll keep an eye on St. Bonaventure, UB, um, and Alabama throughout their tournaments. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. I will be back again. Um, on Friday or Saturday, probably talk about the NCAA tournament a little bit. Um, you know, some of the matchups that I think are going to happen. Maybe even predict uh, my bracket live on the pod. Uh, we'll be talking about some MLB spring training, how some teams have looked there. Um, and then we'll also talk about some other NFL deals that have been happening as well as Drew Brees' retirement. So we'll talk all about that later in the week. But thank you, everyone, again for tuning in. It's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.